I'm Sue Berman and this is Real Gold. morning I'm meeting Katrina Lan in the reading room on level 2 of Tamaki Pataka Korero to have a look at what's in the real gold case. Kia ora Katrina, thanks for the time today. So what are we looking at here today? Okay so this is one of the library's treasures even though it perhaps isn't that fantastic to look at it's no illuminated manuscript but it is rather wonderful. It's an original hand-drawn chart of the Kaipara Harbour and it was done by Thomas Wing in 1839. Mm. So when you think about it, 1839 pre-treaty when New Zealand was really being, you know, discovered by Europeans right. and this is kind of their way of making sense of it I suppose. Yep, yep, so mm. it's the sort of early mapping exercises of the of this particular coast and of course the Kaipara is quite a harbour isn't it? Yes, yes. There is a slight um, discussion as to whether Wing was the first to come into the Kaipara. There's a book. Most of the things I'm talking about I've learnt from reading by um, this man Byrne who is the absolute, Brian Byrne, the absolute expert on Thomas Wing. He's written several books and I, just what I know is from reading that. Mm. Yeah. So what do we know about Thomas Wing? Well, quite a lot, quite a lot. I mean there's this whole Wing of the Manukau, a whole biography of him. I haven't read the whole thing. I mainly read what had to do with this map here. Just saying that he was born in England into a sort of a sailing family. I think when he was about 14, he went to sea. Um, he wasn't sort of like no Captain Cook. He wasn't coming from nowhere. He was, they were quite a reasonably prosperous family. Right. And quite adventurous as young men were. He went sailing to Australia and then he came back, and I think he must have, when he was in Australia, heard about you know the great prospects for work in this new country of New Zealand. And so he came back. Um, he had a cousin, Samuel Stevenson, who was in partnership with James Reddy Clendon up in... Um, up mm -hmm. north, and, mm -hmm. and it was a, at Okaito they had a sort of a base, which is funny now. There's nothing there but a petrol station, but that was mm. kind of where it was all happening up in the Bay of Islands. So he went to work for Clendon and Stevenson, sailing their boats. First of all, he sailed as sort of second mate on the Fortitude with a more experienced sailor, and then they realised, you know, he was a guy they could trust, and they had a boat called the Fanny made, and that was actually built in New Zealand in the Hokianga, and this wow. little picture here on the map is supposed gorgeous, to be the Fanny. Yes. So it wasn't Wing's own boat, but it was a boat he sailed, and I suppose you start to believe it's, you know, you feel very sense of responsibility mm. for it. So he sailed the Fanny and the Fanny was the boat he was sailing when he did this particular trip that resulted in the map. He did numerous trips. Mm. I mean, mm. he was buzzing back and forward to Australia. Uh, we forget, you know, they'd, they'd take spars over, come back with cattle and passengers and then sail from Waikato all the way up around North Cape down, pop into the Hokianga to pick up some missionaries, pop down to Kafia. So this is when this, this particular map was drawn. But he'd done others as well. He'd been to Mount Monganui, drew the first map of Tauranga. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love the, um, the look of the map, like the perspective somehow is quite 
feels quite unique? Mm, I guess so. I mean, if you look at, we have a lot of nautical charts, so this is the okay. sort of standard way of doing it. So it's just that it's hand done, and he did it himself. And you have to think, all the soundings, all the depth measurements, you know, he would have to go out in a rowboat, throw the rope over the side, you know, get the move on. So it's all quite laborious, and then you have to note them down mm. in pen and ink in a rowboat, come back, you know, and then and draw up the maps. And all these notes to mariners, so telling people, you know, how the tide works and watch out for this mud bank and all that sort of thing. It's all translated in real gold, the details. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Um, Not translated, but transcribed. No, yeah, understood. Um, and this, and it looks like it's had some use <laughs> over the years. Well, I, these are practical documents. They didn't do them to hang on the wall. They did them to use. And yes, this has been used. And we've got reproductions of two others as well. These are, and down the bottom it says drawn by Captain Thomas Wing. And I've got a little thing that when he died a few years after, they were clearing out. Um, he died, there's a thing from the um, Auckland Star from 1929 saying the death of Captain Wing and a bit of a... And then historic charts, coast and harbours. So a few years later, well, a year or so later, when they were tidying out 32, 1932, tidying out the home at Only Hunger, discovered these charts. And I would say someone in the family had written that drawn by Captain Thomas Wing. It's not the same writing. Right. And yes, Brian Byrne thinks this one's misattributed. It was probably done by his son. But it's quite interesting so people can compare different styles perhaps, see yeah. what they think. And so do we know how did the family then bring them into Auckland Library? Yes. Or? No, they, um, well, they were found and they donated them to the old Colonists Museum, which you may recall uh, quite a lot of our things came from. So mm. they went there and then when that was being broken up, we naturally got the documentary material. This was in it. So, yeah, quite amazing, I think. Absolutely. It survived this long. Yeah. Uh, this was in a sort of a frame until preservation tidied it up just before we... Oh, okay. Just a sort of a cardboard mat frame, so it had clearly been on the wall in the family house mm. for a long time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that. Um, I don't know when I mentioned before the perspective. I'm trying to figure out like what is that dark bit at the on the top right there in relation to the harbour. Like obviously these different textures mean different things. Yes. So this is this is what I should do. This is the land, in fact, isn't it? And then this is the harbour. Yeah, yes, so that's right. So it's probably like a sand bank or mud flats or something like mm. that. So it's going in, but you wouldn't want to sail in there. But to be truthful, what I should have done if I had more space and more time and nothing else to do <laughs> would be have to put some of the actual nautical charts we have nowadays. Right, by comparison. Yeah, because apparently sort of this was the basis for charts until relatively recently, yeah. until it was, yeah. Well, maybe you could send me a link to an example and I can put it in with um, this podcast if people want to have a look. I will put the link to, um, I assume it's been digitised because we've got... Well, these. this has been digitised, yes. but um, more modern charts aren't because yeah. they're widely available, but yeah, I could and ask... And is it described on Kura yet or...? This? Yeah. Oh yes, this has been on Kura forever. It's it's one of our treasures, so it's definitely Fabulous. yes. So yes. we'll be able to put those links into oh, this yeah. podcast for people to, to go and have a look if they can't come in. Yeah. Um, but I do really recommend you come in and have a look at the the genuine article. Yes. It's um 
it's sort of in a way it doesn't look like much but it is a lot mm. yeah i oh, know i love it in mm. terms of oh, it's aesthetic as well i mean obviously it's not an illuminated manuscript but you know it's got fine features i love these illustrations of the boats and each of the corners and the story of course our earliest sort of european history it's right here yeah thanks very much katrina okay